Welcome to Gone But Not with me, Luke Aldridge. On this podcast, I'll be speaking to a different person each episode about death, loss, grief and mental health. Whether we like it or not, we will all experience loss at some point in our life. So why is it still such a taboo subject? One of the aims of this pod is to get people talking and normalise grief. Grief comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, from losing a parent or friend, a family pet that you adored, to the breakdown of a relationship, to the loss of your health or career. I'll be chatting to friends old and new about their experiences. This could be people 20 plus years in, or those that are still in their first year. Either way, we're all in the club. I hope that you enjoy these conversations and they help you normalise death, grief and loss a bit. Maybe it'll even start the conversation with you. Hello, welcome back to pod number two. Uh, Thank you for coming back and joining us again. Um, I hope that pod number one didn't scare you off too much, my... um, incessant ramblings but hopefully you've got a a bit of an idea as to to what the pod is about and my experiences and that sort of stuff so pod number two i'm talking to uh, a very old friend of mine uh, fiona troon we've known each other since we were teenagers Uh, we went to the same high school and um, we did lots of music making together in various bits and pieces in kind of bands orchestras and um, we played in a, a jazz quintet together. Um, Fiona plays piano and she's currently working as a bassoonist out in Chile. So this was um, this was a Zoom call and yeah, we're with Fiona in her kitchen in uh, uh, the other side of the world. So it was lovely, really, really lovely to talk to Fiona. She's someone that speaks the language of therapy and she was wonderfully open and not only did she uh you know have very insightful intelligent things to say to she was very good at throwing questions at me as well so it was very much a kind of a a two-way conversation rather than just me you know sort of bombarding her with with questions I should warn you that it is uh, a long conversation we uh we bollock on for over an hour and a half I thought about possibly putting this out as two podcasts and I'm just going to uh, assume that you, you're you um, happy to either listen to the whole lot or to pause halfway through and, you know, and come back to it. So here we go, pod number two with my old friend Fiona Troon. Hey. Hey man, how you doing? Recording in progress. Re- yes, um, we're, we're already rolling, is that cool? Yeah, you've got an amazing hair situation going on. Let me see the back. <laughs> what is happening at the back? Wow. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's not kind of, it's sort of a third lockdown, not cutting. Um, it's really getting on my tits in my face kind of. Uh, situation. Yeah. I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, it's like um, okay. you could be in Lord of the Rings with that hair situation <laughs> and the beard situation. <laughs> you could be Thanks. like. I'm going for full Elvis. wizard. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's um, yeah. only a matter of time. You'd be thinking about dying. Uh, dying. Purple, purple, yeah, yeah. Or red, yeah, red would be cool. It'd be like Ivan the Terrible. Or I something. mean, I I did for a while 
try to kind of fork it in a sort of Viking thing. That's didn't, awesome, man. Didn't like <laughs> that. It. it was kind of longer than this and tied for a bit and plaited and yeah, all sorts of. That's cool. I love it. Stuff. I've, I've made uh, no effort to look good because we're not we're not gonna let the video out, what? are we? So that's all. Do you look? So just, do you look lovely. What are you talking about? I look I mean, normal. I look very, I'm very not, normal. I'm from my waist down. I've got my pajamas and my sneakers on. So you know, I'd be offended if you didn't. To be honest, I'd be quite. <laughs> if you arrived in any kind of formal state, I just need my headphones and then I'm ready. Where are they? Yeah, I, I turn <laughs> up in you know a tux and a top hat. It's not very likely, is it? <laughs> no, I think I would have liked that as well, but in a different way. <laughs> I'd have asked you to do a tap dance. We could we could oh. include it in the music. Okay, well I can I can put I can put that on for the duration if if you'd if you'd like. Um, or <laughs> or that that comes to hand. That's that's a is that an we'll we'll use them or? both at different points. Yeah, we'll have to figure out where. Just that's Good getting way. too heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it can be heavy. It can be. There's always the uh, the 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 cat, um, you know, looking trapper hat. So yeah, all good. Canadian, Alaskan kind of situation. Can you hear me all right? Is, is everything... Yeah, yeah. Everything's okay. good. How are you doing? Are you all right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. All all fine. This has been um, this has been nice, kind of doing this and chatting with you and doing my one yeah, and chatting with Nick and stuff. So um, Thursday is also therapy day on a therapy week. Okay. So, yeah, good um, for you, man. I'm not really always... Yeah, no, it's it's nice. It's nice to... It's nice to chat. It's... um uh yeah maybe not everyone's cup of tea but i i it seems to be uh helpful i'm not sure that i've kind of come to any huge kind of it's not um, not necessarily about that no. is it it's just no having a space for yourself you know yeah so yeah so yeah. um no that's cool i mean i i you know i i think it's likely to be a very ongoing uh an on you know very ongoing thing i don't think that okay. any you know sort of quick fixes or uh, mm. anything like that are likely to no to quick fixes to life are there to no life and not at all. compound trauma <laughs> you know it's like yeah man it's a have, work in progress you have know? you done anything like that have you spoken Loads to anyone? of therapy i've had like right. 20 years of therapy i didn't realize we'd never wow. talked about it no yeah, i've had a lot so. of therapy it's a good thing to yeah. do but i mean there's a right moment for it and it's not the same for everybody there's no like correct or incorrect time no depends you know so Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, fun, I don't know. I think it's a big old step, isn't it? For for a, you know, for a lot of people, particularly. I think. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a huge. Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just I'm curious to know, like, um, as a guy, and I know this is a very general thing to say, but I think men and women deal with their feelings quite differently. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way. Was it? Do you think it was harder to go talk to somebody as a man? Honestly, you can tell me that I'm full of shit if you want, but I'm just curious to know. Um, it's hard to say, maybe. I think it's probably harder to admit to it. Okay. Um, but then I think I've always probably been slightly more female-brained than completely male-brained, you know, in terms of dealing more sensitive. with sort of yeah sort of yeah, emotional definitely. stuff and that sort of thing so yeah yeah um yeah. no i mean i yeah i i don't mind but i think that i can imagine that a lot of blokes either never get that far yeah. um you know never send the kind of the the inquiry in um email or yeah. do it and never tell anyone or never follow up or, or one or the other yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's really Which interesting is ridiculous isn't it i mean 
you know, I, I think I, I'm sort of, um, I'm wanting to to sort of uh, draw up a list of questions, really, that are, are um, sort of general, you know, general things with sort of grief and loss and, and stuff. And I think yeah. the first, you know, the first one is just why why it's not talked about why we don't talk about it and you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know do you have do you have what are your thoughts because I, I know yeah sort of where my head is with it have we already started <laughs> by the way oh we have oh yeah I mean you know <laughs> I, I, I was sure. yeah, I was gonna sort of, now, yeah, yeah <laughs> I like, no I was gonna kind of get you to to give us sort of an introduction to to you and all that sort of stuff but you know, fuck it, man. We've 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 Sorry. dived right in. You can we can kind of we can yeah, always go back. I'm not going to edit and too much, and I don't want to sort of chop stuff and and you know fiddle about with it too much. It's just um. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about you and who you are in a bit. But uh, okay. yeah, why don't we? Why don't we talk about it? Why don't we? Well, I think that's a really interesting question. I think that a lot of it's cultural. Mm. Um, and definitely I would say that living in another country I live in Chile for anybody who's listening doesn't know me um, I've been out here for 12 years and living in a country that could be described as broadly Latin culture so mm. that statement is a stupid statement Latin culture what's that you know talking about 45 countries or something but, yeah. um, but you know there are you can make generalizations um, but definitely I think that in this culture people deal with emotions and uh, emotional challenges very differently to how we deal right. it with it in sort of Northwest Europe, say, yeah. or Western Europe. And um, I think a lot of it is cultural. I think in the UK, we historically have had the stiff upper lip mentality. You know, yeah. you've got to get on. And that that can create a very productive society. It can create very efficient people. But what's underneath that could be somebody's really, really suffering. Yeah. And they don't have any kind of outlet or... I certainly, I don't know what your feelings are about this, but um, for example, when my father passed away, uh, I remember going to do the ashes with my mother and my father, and my, I'm sorry, my mother and my brother. Mm. And we were at the place where we scattered the ashes, as it were. And my mum was already sick at that time. Right. And I, I remember sort of showing some emotion. And I can't remember exactly what my mum said, and it's not like anything I would ever hold against her, but just it's people of her generation didn't show their feelings. Sure. So it was like something like, um, or oh, don't be silly or something like that. And it's, right. it's not, it's how we're programmed in our culture. And I think it's very recent that it's come to light that we all need to have the possibility to feel and process our emotions we need to be given space to do that and it's a healthy thing to do it's not something Mm. to be ashamed of we need to create structures and and spaces where people can do that it's better for the society you know that's my feeling about it yeah 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 i no, i i I totally agree i think i mean it's just it's fear isn't it it's fear of kind of being seen Mm. to be sort of vulnerable and weak and which is so fucking stupid because it's ridiculous you know i mean you lose a, a parent or a friend or a mm-hmm. child and I mean you know it's it's gonna totally throw you for six and it's something you're gonna carry for the rest of your life so for it to be such a you know still such a taboo subject is mm. completely moronic um you know, yeah yeah so stupid I, th- I think it's a lack of understanding about how 
that can impact you negatively if mm. you are suppressing your emotions. And yeah. it's not to say that there aren't situations where you have to sort of leave it outside, like maybe you're at work or maybe sometimes there are, you can't deal with it right now. Yeah, of course. But I think there's a lack of understanding of, you know, um, if I really, really need to cry or if you are going through the stages of grief, you know, they say there's seven stages or whatever, but mm. loosely speaking, and you feel really, really angry, but like you need to find an outlet for that. Not just because it's nice, it's not nice, it's a very painful experience, but because that can be really damaging to you if you suppress all of that. And it can also therefore affect people around you, your relationships, your life. Mm. So I think it's a lack of understanding uh, in our culture of that. And that's not to be critical of our culture, it's just it's just an observation more than yeah. anything, you know. It's yeah. funny you say about um about mum because you know your your folks um you know you're a musician your folks are musicians and and yeah you would yeah. have thought that kind of creative brain uh people are are generally speaking a bit more kind of on top of emotions um a bit more kind of emotionally aware um you know that kind of thing because i mean just because you need so much of that in order to create don't you i mean a lot of you know yeah. so much of it comes from being able to to translate you know what's in your head and your heart and your soul into mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing whether it's you know performing or painting or writing or dancing or whatever um yes. yeah, so it's, yeah it's funny isn't it when you say that the kind of mum is oh don't be so silly you know it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, very in a very english way yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, the, yeah. that the, there isn't kind of a bit more kind of come on girl let it out you know um, yeah, I think I think we learn to. I don't know what your thoughts are about this. Being a musician and also you're a very creative person, good visual artist and storyteller and everything. Um, but I think that we learn to compartmentalize our lives, even yeah. as artists, because if you're working, say you're on a gig or you've got to get a project done, you need to focus. And and we are taught and we learn to separate everything so much so although we may be unconsciously processing our feelings to some degree Mm. in whatever art we're involved in it's not the same as oh my god my father's died or oh my god my mother's died and just letting that all out which you kind of many people need to be able to do so it may be you know I think art is very therapeutic and it can definitely help us but I think that because of our culture and perhaps in in those cases because of one's profession you learn to compartmentalize and that can help you function and it can help you survive but only up to a point if you're if you're not able to find the kind of releases that you need emotionally so and how did that affect you when you when you went through similar things to me so you lost your father right so we talked about this bit yesterday yeah um i don't know i mean i think that um I was probably in a more creative space in my thirties than I was kind of in, in when dad died, I was 26. Um, and I think I was sort of very much, um, sort of doing a few function gigs, doing a lot of teaching. Um, and I don't think it, I was necessarily kind of doing the sort of stuff for yourself where you get to, you know sort of express yourself creatively and all that sort of stuff yeah Um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know it was kind of go go to you know go go to a job go to a a gig go to a gig that is kind of a I don't know a club or a 
wedding or a pub or whatever, play Disco Inferno for the 14th time that week and then go home, you know. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of kind of emotional freedom of expression. You know, yeah, you're not, mm. it's not therapy, is it? You're not kind of working stuff out. It, it might be that, that sort of a couple of hours in the car on the way home is, is quite good headspace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it could be exactly the last thing you need to be left alone with your with your sure. thoughts um you know in the middle of the night on a, a dark motorway on the um, m1 <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah. i'm sure that many a many a gigging musician has just thought fuck it and and sort of swer- swerved into the other lane um you know coming back from a gig uh yeah no we should no yeah. go sorry that's right. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that's another interesting question, isn't it? Um, with grief uh, that I sort of wanted to put out there um, for us to discuss a little bit and maybe for anybody who's listening to kind of give us their thoughts. Um, the, the thing about feeling like maybe you want to be alone. Uh, I, mm. I certainly went through a lot of that. And I'm, I remember reading all the self-help books and doing all the therapy and all of that. And one thing that kept coming through is that that's a common desire that when you're grieving, when yeah. you're really in that kind of state of you physically feel this ache because of of this person who's either died or you've lost in some way Mm. um the need to be alone or the desire to be alone for me that really helped um but only up to a point again so there were times where people would be like do you need anything and I I would just say I just need to be alone I need to be alone with my feelings I need to cry Mm. I need but then there's also a balance to that I think because if you over isolate yourself and maybe this is relevant because of the pandemic and all the isolation we've all been through because of that as well that could also be counterproductive because you need to feel there's some humanity out there in the world when you're going through something yeah i think it's it's having the uh having the option to to isolate yourself um and i think also kind of being able to be pissed off at normal uh, people leading a normal life that haven't sort of, you know, felt this loss is, is quite important. Um, yeah, because yeah, you yeah. get to be cross at other people yeah. for, you know, for not having lost their dad and, you know, yeah, yeah. and um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it, you need, you definitely need both. I think you need people at your window that you can kind of, you know, you can tell to fuck off under your breath um, <laughs> whilst also being able to kind of close your curtains and, Someone to fuck cry. off from there instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can do it from yeah. there too. <laughs> from um, wherever. Yeah, and I, I guess, I mean, I've, we've been really lucky in, in my family. We've not had any sort of illness or or anything like that. I mean, we had a, a bit of a scare with, uh, with Becky's, uh, Becky's nan, um, sort of early on with with COVID, and she was she tested positive and ended up actually being fine. She's in a in a home and and is um is suffering from dementia. Um, I think the, the hardest. Sorry. No, I was all oh, good. She's you know old and and lovely and have and still mm. having a lovely time despite being, um, you know, quite balmy. Um, <laughs> but he's completely lovely with it. She's not kind okay. of a you know sort of angry, vicious mm-hmm. uh, as as some people can be. She's um, mm, she's actually mm. kind of the same sweet, lovely uh, lady that that she's always been. She just can't remember stuff, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of go down with dementia, that's that's the way I'd want to go, really. Sort of, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. sort of keep you know as much of you, but just not really have, you know, that that the the kind of same access to stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I can't, you know, I can't imagine 
having to deal with losing someone and and the the whole you know the fact that you can't go and see your family you know you, i mean i yeah. you know lockdown the, the weirdest thing about lockdown is just the fact that um you know my mum's birthday uh has just has just gone 2nd of june um and last year we did her birthday with me Austin and days at the end of the driveway you know having sort of stuck a few presents and a cake on on her doorstep and rung rung the doorbell and then sort of retreated um 10 feet uh, having not told her that we were coming and um which was completely yes. lovely but the the weird that's kind of been my weird thing about lockdown is not being able to give me a mama cuddle yeah sure um you know well, that's, that's and of, that's yeah, yeah. And that's been sort of as as um, as as bad as it's got, really. I mean, we as I say, we've we've not lost anyone, um, but I just can't imagine. I mean, you get on with it, don't you? Because you have to. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, having to having to go through, you know, you know, losing someone, grieving someone in, uh, you know, when you can't even leave leave the house, yeah. it might be that someone's in a different country, or um, mm -hmm. I mean, they don't even need to be in a different country, do they? They could be sort of in the in yeah. the same. You still County, same yeah exactly yeah. streets away whatever but yeah um, i think that that's um there's a few inter interesting questions that arise from that and i think mm. that definitely the different lockdowns in different countries and the fact that we've all been locked down to protect all of our physical health but the impact that, that has had for many people health, on their totally. mental and emotional yeah. health and i think that we all of our different cultures and societies hopefully need to learn from they will learn from that because you know with the best friend in the world i was thinking about this the other day we're in our third or fourth lockdown here in chile now and right. i oh, you're back in aren't you you're like yeah, full yeah. full you know can't go out oh yeah well wow. yeah that's the official yeah um <laughs> <laughs> no i don't break the rules i don't break the rules but um but the thing of, of not being able to even hug anybody like i mean yeah. i think that's i was thinking about it the other day and i was thinking I'm a pretty strong, resilient person, but I find that kind of hard and I'm used to it, but it's yeah. absolutely absurd that I haven't legally hugged anybody. <laughs> You've just been grabbing uh, random people in parks. Yeah, and, um... I just, yeah, they don't mind. People are pretty easy going, uh, so I just, <laughs> it's free uh, hugs, COVID hugs. Uh, yeah, but, so it's a big, a big question about yeah. the kind of relative ethics of these lockdowns. Mm. It's very difficult. And the other thing that you were saying about grieving when someone's far away. So, I mean, I know quite a few people who've lost people under through the pandemic, mm. through COVID or yeah. through other things. I lost my uncle. <clears throat> oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realise it was that um, that recent. It was about a year ago, actually. Right. So, yeah, it was within the pandemic. Right. Um, and he had, now I have to make sure I pronounce this correctly. I think it's called Global Supranuclear palsy which is similar to parkinson's right okay and this was a new experience of loss for me because i lost both my parents when i was in my 20s mm. both of them both of them to cancer and four years apart and each situation was different as well with those two yeah. losses and it's just it keeps reteaching me that every time you lose somebody it's a different experience you might think that okay i've done that now i get that that was my father or that was my mother but it's not mm. it's different every time because of so many factors in this particular case with my uncle um i had kind of for various reasons sort of lost touch so i didn't even know he was ill right. and hadn't been informed that he was ill wow okay. and uh yeah yeah so when i 
found out that he died, he'd actually died like, I think it was a month or two earlier. Wow. Yeah. And I found out. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's got a different story to tell when they lose somebody or, and for me, it was weird because I was initially, I was like, wow, my uncle's died. My uncle's died. And I, I kind of couldn't process it. And then once it hit me, it was mm. just like, oh, my God. And I realized that the grief, which was so like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like kind of chronic in a way, you know, yeah. so painful that I hadn't seen my uncle for, I think, five years at that point. Right. But the grief, the grief was so intense yeah. But it was, I was grieving for a relationship from the past. Sure. And that was really interesting for me. So it, I hadn't sort of thought about that before, how your life could move on, move in a completely different direction. You know, you perhaps don't have as much contact with that person anymore. And then if something happens to them and you find out, mm. the grief can be for a past relationship. So for me, it was for this very close relationship I'd had with him when I was a teenager in particular. And then... right continue to be kind of close to him but not really but in particular is that very close paternal relationship I'd had with him in my mid-teens and early 20s that grief even though I'm now 43 was as was as if that was yesterday yeah so I think delayed grief can also take different forms and I think we talked a little bit about that yesterday with regards to your situation as well yeah um yeah very much so I mean it was you know obviously dad dying was a huge um you know, was a huge impact and is the kind of biggest one, you know, I've, I've still got mum. She's um, 71, just turned 71. Small and fierce. Yes. And still, (laughs) you know, exactly the same as the last time you'd have seen her, probably just a bit grayer. (laughs) It's brilliant. Um, But yeah, it was kind of, mm, I didn't kind of have the support network at home to kind of, really started to deal with it and I was having to be the the kind of you know big strong pillar of of the family yeah. really and sort yeah, of sure, kind of keep sure. everything keep mum sort of um you know above water and all that sort of stuff um mm. so yeah it was a good sort of two and a half years so it was really kind of when we separated and it must be yeah sort of a, about two and a half years later that it was it was something that I even really started to to process so yeah I, I know what you mean mm-hmm. um yeah you're not kind of warned about that I don't think as you say I think it's a lot kind of a, yeah, you know, yeah a very strange sort of thing to be grieving something from the past it's already happened yeah or delayed yeah not from yeah, the past delayed, but delayed because yeah. the, the grief itself is current so but so I'm curious to know as well you mentioned that you felt that you had to be very strong mm. and um you'd lost your father. So he was the father figure in the house. Um, I'm interested to know, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, any reflections that you might have uh, on how perhaps, and I'm being very general, so I apologize to Mm. any listeners. I'm being generalistic just so we can have a conversation about it. Yeah. um, On how perhaps men and women deal with emotions or grief differently and what social pressures there might be to say, be strong or, or be allowed to show emotion or, or, it's a really interesting question, I think. Yeah, I, I, I guess there's probably not socially the same pressure for a for a lady to fill a mother's role within the oh, family. Okay. I, I, I would be the the kind of terribly general uh, statement. 
I think. But I don't know. What, what do you What do you think about that? Because um, I still I mean, have, I think... you know, I still got my my mum, and you know, you've obviously you've you've gone through losing yours. So I... yeah, sure. Um, I think that every situation is different, mm. um, and that's why I even hesitate to ask the question about sort of gender or, or you know biological sex because everybody's different, and and as well, all families, all families, and all family systems are different and function differently. Yeah, I remember feeling that when so our father died first and then four years later our mother my mother passed and I remember when my mother passed the, th- the thing that was really different apart from the again the grief uh being so powerful each time the thing that was really different was that it felt like this was the end of our nuclear family mm. because yeah I had one sibling and once the second parent had gone it felt like that generation that whole generation's gone yeah and it felt like we had to just take over everything. That, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of difficult to explain that. And I think I can think of other people I know who perhaps have lost the parent and of either gender and maybe have had to step into that role, not because of their gender, but just because of the way the family's kind of set up. Yeah. Birth order of the kids, like the relationship the parents had, who took more responsibility for what. Mm. It's, it's really interesting how that affects different people differently. I'm not sure what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I, know, I mean, there's a big thing about kind of if you if you lose both parents, you uh, you know you you. Are, I mean, I'm I'm still my mum's little soldier, and the, you know, <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact I'm you know huge and old, um, <laughs> but I think that you know in your in your situation, you know, you don't have you don't have mum or dads to ask for, mm-hmm. you know, mm. for a loan or for some advice or for, a, you know, for a cuddle. And and that's a very different, you know, I've lost my dad, but I'm still the kid in a, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest yeah. of, of three children in yeah. the setup of my family and I'm a dad to two and a stepdad to two more. But, you know, you, you don't have that kind of parental level above you, um, yeah. which is a very different kind of situation. Um, I did find that, yeah, that changed everything. That completely mm. changed my life, completely. That was like, we knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, but we were both quite young. I was 24 when our dad wow. passed and 28, 21 right. yeah. passed. And I think that I, I was lucky because I had a very, very supportive friends and colleagues. And I, mm. I feel very blessed to have had that. And in a way, it was funny how that worked out because it just so happens that I was in the same profession as my parents. Yeah. So a lot of people knew them. So I was, I received a huge outpouring of grief. And I now know that other people who went through something similar at the time who didn't receive that found that really hard Yeah. to see me getting all this support and which I understand, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that must've been difficult, but at the same time, it was sort of like people were coming up to me and saying nice things. And I, you know, wanted to be gracious yeah. and receive that. But. Um, oh God, you shouldn't apologize for oh no no sorry I didn't mean to sound like I was apologizing yeah no it's just to to be empathetic towards other people's situations and Mm. understand yeah um but yeah definitely losing um the second parent um for me at least was just like okay I'm 28 and now this is it like I can't fuck up anything anymore yeah got a bit sweary we knew it was going to get sweary today yeah, it's gonna get more obviously. Swing. I mean, I've done it first, so you're you know, it's gonna if, get if that makes you feel so any fucking, fucking better, that's fine. <laughs> um, 
um yeah no I just remember thinking I can't like have an older brother but it's a very small age gap it's like I think 20 months between us so almost two years I cannot mess up like every time I make a big decision about anything yeah you don't have that kind of bailing out that yeah um, yeah yeah. it's always been there even if it's not you know it could be a psychological and emotional support yeah and you know, yeah. you might be kind of totally fine and sort of financially, you know, secure and all that sort of stuff. But it's not what it's about, is it? It's that you're still, you know, you still want your mum and your dad. You still kind of want, a, yeah. you know, they, they've kind of lived more life than you and they've, you know, done things and know stuff. And, and yeah, it's just stuff like kind of, you know, getting a parent's advice on, yeah, I don't know, a mortgage or, a you know anything that's sort of boring and and grown up like that and or yeah. you know help getting shells up or what color to dye your beard exactly I mean, <laughs> and I mean, other I... huge life questions <laughs> <laughs> well, i've got you for that it's fine um, yeah no i think you should definitely go for red <laughs> definitely a red yeah <laughs> uh, okay see I, I wear more blue than red so i but i'll give it a try see how it goes yeah. i can always add blue yeah. and turn it purple if um just as the, as the mood takes you yeah um but so yes, we, yeah we, we haven't done the intro bit i was kind of planning on getting <laughs> you to to kind of you know tell tell us you know a bit about you and sort of where you grew up and what you do and how how you've got from one to the other and uh, okay, so we already established that we're sort of talking about your mum dad and uncle um that, yeah, yeah. that are no longer with us um but do you uh, want to give yeah, us a, give us a life story yeah. condensed should we get in the delorean with marty mcfly <laughs> and head back you're not watching loki to... are you clearly i'm not what sorry watching loki at the moment the uh, the tva will be uh, after you oh. for it's very oh, boring don't worry it's, um, it's geeky yeah. um yeah just to the listener we're, we're keeping it light as well it's not because we think the subject matter is light but it's just because i think we both feel that it's healthy to keep it yes and we've known each other yeah i mean is it what is it 25 years it might be a bit more something like that it's um if you can't laugh about dead dads what the fuck can you laugh about yeah Yeah, exactly um i I mean i think that will be the general you know the general sort of um moving on the you know the general vibe of of the of the chats I, i can't imagine things staying too Morbid for too long. I mean, there's serious, but yeah, as you say, kind of uh, with a with a twinkle with a in the tinge. eye, maybe with a red tinge yes. in the beard. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, before I answer your question, actually, I'd like to comment on that because I think that, um, and I say this with the utmost empathy and sensitivity to anybody who's going through a grief process at the moment. But I found, and I think my brother and I both found that when we were going through that whole process after our mother died. Mm. For us, at least, it actually helped us sometimes just to release the tension, to have yes. a good old fucking giggle at death, like yeah. and stick two fingers up at it. And I think, you know, obviously we were brother and sister. We were going through it together. It was painful. So we kind of had the right to do that together. It's not yeah. like laughing at somebody else's situation or something that's completely out of the question. But but we found that it lightened it a little bit. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of um, a difficult one. But I think between close people, it can be helpful. And our dad actually even said to us uh, before he died, he was sort of, you know, making fun of the doctors from his mm. wheelchair and, you know, sort of sticking two fingers up and just being generally very badly behaved and making us all laugh. And it was like yeah. the tragic, the tragic comedy of the situation. It was like devastating. You're, you're crumbling inside, but your dad's still making you laugh. And he actually mm. almost gave us permission 
He just said, yeah, you know, just he's n- never around, lose your yeah. Don't yeah. lose your sense of humor. And I, I'm not. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sorry, go, go, go. go. No, it's just um, I'm not recommending that as a therapeutic tool. Or, you know, I'm just. No, saying I, I think it's it, no. I think it's healthy. I think it's you know, and as you say, if you if you can kind of keep it within sort of family and friends that that know you, if you're you and know understand sort of the context doing it at somebody else's funeral, maybe you should yeah take a look at yourself um, you can do that at my funeral if you want me, i don't mind thanks man i'm uh, i'm gonna yes. turn up nude with fireworks stuffed up my bum i think for your funeral and is that all let, let them all? off uh, <laughs> as we go oh, that's the minimum fez. that's the minimum i expect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the darth vader hat yeah, yeah i'm yeah. there yeah. No, we had a, a similar thing at, at my uh, at my dad's. It was actually my dad's <coughs> funeral. We 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 were sort of in the car following the hearse, um, and it was at um, the crematorium in Ryslip. I'm, I'm sure was that where your Breakspear, yeah, Breakspear, yeah, yeah, both um, of them actually, yeah, right, yeah. So um, yeah. kind of coming in from Ryslip, you get to a little um, a little mini roundabout, and there's a, a petrol station kind of in front of you on the left, and there's the pub on the right. And you turn left to go into Breakspear Road and kind of the crematoriums down there. Um, yeah, there yeah. was a bus coming from directly in front of us, um, hearse and us in the car behind. Um, the hearse turned left into Breakspear Road and um, and the bus followed us. And this little old lady was kind of tottering for the, for the bus stop on Breakspear Road. And she could hear the bus coming and stuck her hand out and sort of sort of ran for the for the bus and was actually hailing my dad's hearse um because <laughs> sorry the bus was kind of third one back no exactly that's it it was and um and but he would have loved of, that wouldn't he it, exactly I mean, totally totally done um, that yeah that's what's funny yeah she turned round as she got to the bus stop and that her face she was so so mortified and it just set us off and it was you know my sisters oh, and me and mum and we were so we drove up to the to the um you know to the uh to the chapel bit absolutely howling with laughter yeah, or, you know what had happened um yeah. exactly for the fact that dad would have pissed himself you know he'd have thought it was hysterical yeah he um, pretty did yeah he was watching <laughs> watching somewhere but i i imagine that if you didn't you know if you didn't know us and yeah. you wouldn't have been at dad's funeral if you didn't know us as a family and our kind of sense of humor but i think if you if you had you know if it had been anywhere else and you didn't know us you would kind of wonder what the fuck was wrong with us really i think i think it's interesting how those emotions come out at times like that you know and it's it's almost like a release of all the tension it's like all the grief all the pain all the anger and then some oh thank god we can laugh and it's not because you 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 are taking the situation any more lightly it's not it's quite the opposite it's actually mm. we just need a, like a a release, a release valve yeah. almost yeah and also i don't know it makes me reflect on the kind of new orleans funeral you know kind yeah, of like send off and like yeah yeah i mean grief is a serious painful process and it should be given that seriousness and like it should be taken with you know it should be taken with um every ounce of seriousness that pertains to helping that person through it yeah and the next thing i'm going to say isn't to take away from that but it's okay to laugh at death if that is a release for you and in particular in particular you know 
to laugh at the absurdity of life and death sometimes and the tragic mm. comedy of it can be healthy sometimes i think yeah yeah definitely yeah. um i mean talking about the whole new orleans funeral thing um with my with my granddad um I'm trying to think of how many years ago this would be now i don't know seven or eight years ago maybe oh, he was he was very old he was in my my mum's dad he was yeah sort of mid 90s um he was a big trad fan um and sort of had been all the way since kind of you know as a kid really um so yeah so we had a a louis i kind of uh snuck a a louis tune in uh but kind of proper upbeat you know sort of affair um and it was great it was really kind of knowing you know knowing that that's kind of what what you do in in a a kind of traditional new Orleans kind of thing and just as you say, it's that kind of lightening of the mood and switching from a "Oh Christ, we've lost them" to let's sort of think about the happy times and celebrate them, rather than it be a you know just a horrible, miserable shit show. Yeah, and and, um, and celebrate the life of that person, but also just celebrate life. Yeah, you know. So actually, when somebody passes away, that's also an opportunity to celebrate like the opportunity of life mm. and. and all that somebody can do and be in the fact that they've known you and you've known them. So yeah. those two things are like equally valid. And I think it's for every individual to find how, how they grieve and, and it's different mm. for everybody. That's definitely something I've learned is not no two people grieve in the same way. And I don't think a person grieves the same way twice either. I, my experience is definitely that, mm. that each time I've, I've been through a loss, it's been different. So yeah, I haven't done two that are, equally huge as as dad you know um so i i will you know defer to your unfortunate better knowledge on that um yeah um yeah so tell us tell us about you uh, about wherever the hell we are we're about 40 minutes in now give us give us an introduction sorry who are you talking for 40 minutes yeah who am i who are we that's the next question who are Um, you yeah so who am I? I am Fiona and I grew up in North London in Harrow, which is how we know each other. Um, both my folks were professional musicians. I'm also a professional musician. My brother's also a musician. Uh, it's only the four of us that are musicians, though. Uh, in the wider family, there are people who play music as a hobby, but mm. for some reason, it's sort of yeah, concentrated in the four of us. Um, and I now live out in Chile. I have an orchestral job out here. Um, and just to kind of fill the listener in, on these very personal subjective experiences that we're all sharing and hopefully people will write in and tell us that either it was helpful or that they don't agree with anything we said and all those Mm. comments are really really welcome we want to hear from you yeah man definitely um so i was in the unfortunate situation of uh my mother being diagnosed with cancer when i think i had just turned 20 i was in my first year at university and they gave her two years to live she had um <clears throat> so I'm looking for, she had breast cancer but it had metastasized is that the right word it had spread basically yes yeah so uh, secondary so, secondary cancer of other things exactly it was everywhere by that time it was already in her bones it was it so right. she fought like an absolute ox as we say in scotland um for eight years and the thing that people said after her death was you know she treated it as if it was a common cold she was in a lot of pain a lot of the time and she just sort of acted like it was fine Mm. which obviously it wasn't and bang in the middle of that 
four years into her illness, um, our dad just suddenly got ill and died. Like, right. bang. Wow. So I think by that time, I was in my first year postgraduate in London. And, you know, dad was a chain smoker, liked to drink. So in context, it's not hugely surprising that if you smoke sort of for your day for 30 years, you might get lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like... There is that, it's not yeah. Usually, there is that, yeah. Uh, and not to blame or anything because it's an addiction, so that's a whole different conversation. But, um, yeah, so there was a period where both our parents were dying of cancer at the same time, right. which is just... Again, it's funny, I, I don't mean to keep coming back to this, but it was absolutely devastating for us and it was extremely, extremely emotionally difficult. But one of the ways that we dealt with it was just be by looking at each other and saying, this is so surreal, is this really happening? And kind of making each other laugh about it almost. Yeah. Not because it was funny, but because it was so surreal that we just sort of didn't really know how else to process it. Sure, what else can you do? So, yeah, and um, definitely... How old were they, mum and dad, when they when they died? Funnily enough, I think if I've got this right, they were both 67 when they died, right. but they died, I think it was like three and a half or four years apart. Yeah, yeah. Actually, sorry, they died four years apart, but I think it was like three and a half years between them or something like that. Right. So they weren't as young as your dad, who was, what, 54? 54, yeah. I didn't yeah. realise that until yesterday. That's really very young. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's only 10 years away from where I am now, which is um, yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's very, you know, it's very weird when you start to think of it like that i mean mm-hmm. um yeah that, that i'm kind of closer to the age you know that he died at than i am to the age that he i was when he died if you see what i mean yeah. that's, um, that's yeah, an yeah, odd, you know yeah. an odd one passing of time yeah yeah does that um, make you reflect on on you know your children and, and your health and oh totally all the time i mean i think i'm i'm gonna um i haven't decided at what age but i think i'm gonna sort of have a have an every other year full mri uh mm-hmm. you know privately knowing that uh you know if you look at photos of grandpa len dad's dad dad and me it's like looking at the same person with three different yeah haircuts. totally yeah, um, yeah yeah you know so um yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as I said on the, the the first the first podcast, you know, I've never smoked, but you just don't know what kind of Wi-Fi and mobiles and chemicals in food and all the rest of it. You just don't know, do you? I mean, I, I'm landfills and stuff. Yeah. Yes, it might not be lung cancer, but it could be something else, cancer-wise, that um, yeah. that that gets in there. And obviously, genetically, us Aldridge men are quite good at growing it. Um. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I don't want, I mean, it would put my, if I died the same day, say, same age that my dad did, it would put Daisy at the age that I was at, 26, and it would put Orson um, in his GCSEs, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, scary, again, is, yeah, terrifying. Um, Such a responsibility, like, I guess you feel really strongly that responsibility to try and keep on top of it for yeah, them, as well as yeah. for yourself, yeah. Yeah, and um, because I mean, you know, having having something like that drop in the middle of your in in the middle of your GCSEs or your A levels or or you know uni exams, whatever it is, is gonna that's gonna have an impact on the rest of your life. And you know, you can retake stuff and 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 things, but um, I know people that have kind of had that happen and the kind of the trauma of reliving 
what they were going through when somebody died that kind of trying to retake the exams that they were sitting when it all happened the first time um they've just had to sort of walk away from it um yeah so no it's um yes definitely something that 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 i think about probably um you know yeah, yeah. often i i do i think i do think about it uh yeah all right, how about you? you? I guess you're you're um a, a way off, aren't you? You you've got you've got another sort of ten years on top of that, really. Yeah, I mean, I think um, definitely. I had a, a breast cancer scare actually when I was first out here back in two thousand nine or ten. Right. And I remember going. For, I mean, I'm very lucky. It's an insurance based system here, but I have very good health insurance because I've got a good job. Yeah. I went to a very very good clinic, excellent clinic, and they took really good care of me, but it was really difficult for me to communicate to friends at the time, even though they were super supportive, mm. how terrifying the thought was yeah. that well, I could have the same thing. That killed me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And having seen everything she went through and something that is very difficult to put into words, yeah. as you know, what it's like to see somebody go through something degenerative. Mm. But I remember one thing that helped me, and this might sound really corny, but I think I'm going to say it anyway, just in case anybody who's listening is going through something like this. I was um, waiting for the results of the biopsy and everything. And it was like, oh my God, what if I've got breast cancer? Hopefully it's localized. Maybe they can operate it. Everything goes to your head, right? And the song One by U2 came on. Okay. And I just remember listening to it. I just think it's a really beautiful song. And I remember listening to it. And it was, it was one of those situations where it was like, Bono is speaking directly to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I think I'd probably turn it off if that were the case. Fucking yeah. Bono. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure that's um, I jest, of course. No, that's no, uh, fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that in those situations, <laughs> it was like one of those situations where it's like the lyrics of the song just helped me to realise that even though I'm her daughter, I'm not her. Mm, yes. So there's a genetic component uh, to these things sometimes, but I'm in a different situation in my life. Uh, yeah, I have different relationships to my mother compared to my mother. I have a different just everything about my life is different. So although there's a genetic component and you have to take that seriously, yeah, you know, I, it reassured me. It was like, even if I do have it, it doesn't necessarily mean X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason that really helped me. So it's like, we're one, but we're not the same. You know, mm. I, I've come from her, but I'm not her. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful in, in lots of things. Also in, you know, sort of breaking any family patterns that you might want to break through therapy or whatever you know you love and you respect that person but you know i want to do things differently i want to do things this this way because you're yeah. you you're you do you, i don't think um i don't think i ever met mum and I, I i sort of i know that dad came in and did um he accompanied you didn't he for for some stuff at greenhill he did um, he made he told but, a really funny joke but i'll tell you that afterwards yeah yeah i can't remember it but i, I yeah the uh yeah, i'm sure he was well uh well practiced in in concert based banter i'm sure yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you do you look like mum i can't picture whether you're kind of a healthy combination of the two or if you're kind of the spit of one or the other i think i probably resemble the other side of the family a bit more um right. i think i according to them i'm very much resemble my maternal grandmother right so her, her mother so in personality and also in like, I guess in the way I look, I don't really know. She's been gone for a long time. But um, mm. yeah, I think it's difficult for me to say. I mean, I think I think my brother and I are very, uh, in Spanish, the word is parecido. It's like we're 
you look at so you immediately know that we're siblings yeah, but definitely yeah aside from that i'm not really sure i think probably the scottish side of the family my dad's mm. side more right yeah, yeah. um because i mean that's yeah, um, yeah that's that must just kind of make sort of you know if, if you have a, a a cancer scare and and you you know if you if you were um someone who's lost a parent and you get a cancer scare and you're the spit of the other one um you know it must it must be a very different kind of uh process because yeah. i don't know you may not immediately have that yeah right that's association what, yeah that's what kind of finished them off that's what's going to get me you know do you feel like that because you because i think perhaps what i'm getting from that is that because you do look so much like your dad and you physically resemble him like your face and your build and everything yeah do you think it scares you more because you feel like you've inherited so many of his genes like it's so apparent in you yeah i'm not like sure that? that i don't know i'm not sure that scare is the right word um worries i'm not sure the worries is even the right word i think it's that i have come to terms with a time scale okay. um that i've got until i'm 54 and that if oh I, wow okay yeah, yeah and that if there's kind of stuff beyond that it's a bonus um i'd like to retire i'd like to go and live by the sea um and eat fish and chips in the rain uh with with the wife um only dream yeah well that's it that's the dream is is, is you know he's a, a kind of a suffolk norfolk kind of um you know coastline I, yeah and all that sort of stuff yeah. and you know i'd my dad would have been a, a, a great grandpa um and totally. you know yeah. i kind of miss um him being in my kids lives you know enormously um kind of in the same way that as a grown-up i now really miss his dad um you know having only known one set of grandparents um which you don't really question when you grow up but yeah, yeah. as a big person you sort of realize that, that they um you know they weren't there um so i think it's kind of yeah the, the being able to kind of pay to have you know sort of a full you know a full scan of everything work up yeah um yeah and i mean i because of my arthritis i you know i have sort of i've had an ultrasound of this and the other and i've got you know x-rays booked next week of of a wrist and a and a chest and you know i i have sort of and have had a full bone scan in the last sort of few years um yeah, so I'm probably I'm probably scanned a lot more than than your average person who's kind of who doesn't suffer from arthritis. But yeah, it's, it's definitely going to get to a point where it's like, right, give me the the kind of the annual the annual the annual MOT. Just make sure that it's you know there's nothing in there. Um, I mean, I, th I think if you really identify with somebody and you've seen them go through something, it is difficult because because of the emotions involved and because of the attachment involved if it's a parent especially mm. and i know that you were super close to your dad he was a real character and he's very funny just like you um but what are you smirking at nothing <laughs> oh, um, what can i say but yeah, Bless yeah you. funny guy um <laughs> but in all seriousness um i think if you really really identify with that person then it yeah, it can be harder. I suppose it would be like if you were a twin and you lost your twin or it's not exactly the same, but, you know, if you have that very strong physical identification with yeah. somebody, then, then of course it's, it is scary and worrying. And then if you have something that could be degenerative, even yeah. though it's not to the same degree and it's not the same thing that your dad mm. had, 
it makes you reflect no question about it I, I can really understand that definitely that you've just raised raised something that I'd not thought about before you um you know kind of imagine being a being a, a twin that survives yeah. the other one yeah um, I mean that must be particularly as a as a as a grown-up oh god I think that yeah, well, we're getting morbid as fuck here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah. No, see, that's the whole point. Is the whole point, yeah, and the exactly. fact that we can never giggle about it. But no, that's just a situation that I'd not, I'd not kind of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, not not kind of pops into my head. I think that that's a really interesting question, and um, I was thinking about this the other day. I read somewhere, um, being somebody's child is the closest you can ever get to somebody because you've been in their womb, but mm. actually being a twin is even closer isn't it yes you're because you've shared the room yeah two halves of the same you know the same beginning same whim plenty of whim <laughs> so um yeah we're with the changing whims so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway dear, there we are have there we done we the introduction yet do you want to know we do the introduction <laughs> oh, let me finish what i was saying hold on, hold on a minute hold on a minute um, um no in all seriousness uh I think that must be a really, really tough thing to deal with. And sometimes I think it's important to touch on the fact that losing a person can be through bereavement. It mm. can be through the end of a relationship because for whatever reason, uh, like say it's a romantic relationship and it ends or change of location or the relationship that you had with somebody can in effect die. Mm. And then it could be that you have a different relationship with that person. There's all kinds of different types of losses yeah, and I definitely. think that um, yeah, shout out to all the twins out there. I think that's a really special relationship. But I could imagine that it could also be really, really difficult sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't begin to put myself in that situation. Um, yeah, me neither. I mean, I think we um, we've we spoke about it a bit, and I think kind of in the in the first um, in the first first podcast, I kind of you know flagged up that it's not just. Yeah, it's very much kind of about different different types of, of kind of grief and loss that that we're gonna sort of talk about over over yeah. these different kind of conversations and and yeah and it can be you know sort of the breakdown of a marriage or a, a romantic relationship or just sort of you know f- sort of a friendship ending or anything like that really it's um you know you you do grieve in different ways um you know very much so I think but you you know you do sort of grieve, grieve the end of a um, you know the end of a friendship or a friendship. romantic relationship um, even if it's not the same as losing someone you're still losing aren't you something's still kind of gone from what makes you up and and your kind of everyday function yeah or the, uh, or the end think. of a of a career or a career choice or mm. any of those things that we touched on you know all of these things are genuine losses and it could be that we all need uh, support and and space in like processing and rationalizing and, and dealing with those things i think it's important to to validate that all those yeah. different things yeah definitely. yeah which is kind of i mean it's it's hard enough isn't it trying to get people to talk about oh god your dad's mm-hmm. died um let alone yeah. uh you know for for stuff that's seen as more minor to to sort of for that yeah. sort of stuff to be taken seriously as well um yeah. again just sort of needs to be understood and talked about more we need, we need to almost give ourselves permission ourselves and each other permission yeah. to talk about it yeah and also actually importantly i think it it sounds uh, maybe sounds a bit ironic saying this after everything we've mentioned but some people need permission not to talk 
Mm. Like some people don't want to talk or they might not want to talk at that particular time. And I think it's important to allow people to have that space if they need it and let them know, like, you know, I'm here if you need me or we're here. But I respect the fact that this isn't, not everybody's as verbal as you and I, Mm. you know, and some people have other ways of processing things and maybe it would be in inverted commas good for them to talk about it, but that's not our choice. That's their choice. And just respecting... Yeah, yeah, that's kind of going back to the isolation thing, isn't it? Of of just, you know, if someone does need to just kind of not do an awful lot for, you yeah. know, not interact too much for a big space of time, you know, it's yeah, who, are, who are we to say that that's the wrong right. thing to do, you know? Exactly, absolutely. Yeah. Do I have to answer the question now? What was the question? <laughs> I'm not sure. What didn't you want me to? Was there another question? Or I don't know. I can't remember. Um, let me have a look. I scribbled. You you scribbled some stuff down as well, didn't you? We were just kind of as, as things to. Um... Yeah. Oh, so something um, I, no. Something I was. I I did kind of the very sort of top of my list was um, you know, in terms of your folks' stuff because you're you've got a a place over here haven't you that you that you rent out and i'm assuming you've got a loft that is kind of uh, full of full of your shit um if they haven't gone in and destroyed it i think they might have torn the fucking place apart but yeah in theory in theory yeah um what have you still got you know of of mum and dad's because i guess you you've Mm. probably had to travel fairly light haven't you in terms of getting over to chile um Not a lot. I mean, the place that I have, I have because of that. Eternally yeah. grateful. Um, my instruments, I have as a result of that. Uh, one of right. them is damaged, unfortunately, but let's not get into that right now. Um, yeah, I think that, um, but, you know, these things are important. Um, if you are lucky enough to, uh, I hate to use this word, it's such a kind of clinical almost word, inherit something. Mm. then it, you're very fortunate. But I definitely think that for me, the things that are the most valuable are photos, you know, uh, and things that validate who those people were to me or to other loved ones. And in the case of my mother, I know that she was very important to a lot of people because yeah. she was a teacher um, and very special to them. And that's also interesting. Something that's interesting to reflect on is how, how many special relationships a person can have in a sort of maternal role, even though, they might mm. not be her children and that whether or not you have a conflictive relationship with your own parent, that's not to take away from what they may have done for sort of thousands of other people as well yeah. as for you in some way, which is a wonderful thing, you know, but that's definitely really interesting that you kind of, mm. that you've had to mm. kind of essentially share the grieving of your mother with people who feel like they have a, um, that they're entitled to a slice of it because I don't of think relationship I, with, with yeah I don't think I put it quite like that I understand where you're coming from but nobody was insensitive towards me because right. of um because of that nobody and I, I you know I'm grateful for that I think perhaps I realized that it was something that was so particular to her as a person and to many people who do that kind of very human work where you're a teacher or you're I don't know, a social worker whatever it is yeah that's the nature of the work is sure. that you make a bond with somebody and that enables the work to take place, you know, whatever the work is. Mm. So um, I think, you know, any 
difficulties, and actually this is important for me to touch on, any difficulties that I had in my relationship with my mother or my father, the fact that my mother had been so amazing to so many people, mm. I at some point realised this is something that I also value because it says so much about who she was. So it's not, for me, I don't feel that it's, it's something that was detrimental to me. Like my relationship with my mother is different to theirs because she was my mother. Yeah, of course. But she was it's something that I can be really proud of that she was this person who did all these amazing things and people are very contradictory, you know, we're not, none of us are a perfect, amazing human being all the time. So I think that's another, yeah, well, (laughs) it is a good beard. I mean, it is. (laughs) And you've got nice hats in there as well. You got, what was it? You had like an Alaskan bear hunting hat in there. Uh, A bear bear trapper's hat that looks like a pussycat. Yeah. That's just, you know. I mean, that's just amazing. That's um, just perfect. Yeah, yeah, thanks. No, I, um, I kind of, I, no, I, I kind of know, I, I know what you mean because, um, you know, the relationship with your mum because, da- you know, dad was a was a uh, lecturer as well. He sort of, um, right. you know, did sort of same sort of thing. Um, and uh, you, you remember Liz singing Liz that did some I bits do. with us. Yeah, um, I do. How is yeah. she? She's good. She's um, she's good. She's old. Um, hi Liz, sorry. You're hi Liz, we love you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know she's. I, I'm still very close with Liz, and we um, right. meet up when we can, and we eat cake and, and drink, drink tea and coffee and stuff. And um, but she, she, hers is a is quite a unique friendship in that, like Dad was sort of her mentor in the same way that your mum was to you know to to people. Um, and there is, st- I, I don't think that there is anyone else that knows dad in the same way, kind of, you know, as well did. as I do, as well as she yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. So right, we yeah, have, yeah. you know, it's always lovely to see her, but it's, you know, it, it always comes back to dad. It always, you know, there's always kind of conversations about him, um, yeah. which are lovely and therapeutic and for, for both yeah. of us, you know, the, and it yeah. sort of very much sort of keeps his, uh, you know, him alive for, for both alive. of us, you know, yeah, mm, and sort mm. of memories and and stuff like that. So I, I, I know what you mean. Um, have you ever talked to, to any, did you ever know ex, ex-students of mums? Yeah, loads of them. Of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel that in that way, you know, that's part of her legacy that I've also benefited from that in the sense that mm. so many people in her particular line of work, um, I, I come across them at some point and they, I will either know that, that she taught them or they will say something to me. And it's it's hard sometimes emotionally. It's, it's, I find it a little bit conflictive for me personally, but yeah. that would never take away from how wonderful I think it is that that, that occurred. Mm. You know, so it's a nice thing, but it's, it's kind of bittersweet in a way for me. But I think that that's also something I would like to touch on. What I think is really important to say is that when somebody does pass away, um, you know, there's a kind of a, um, and this is not, I'm not just reflecting upon my personal situations. I both mm. am, and I'm also making a generalization, I think. You know, uh, we want to remember all the good things about that person. We want to remember how much we love them. And we can over-idealize people who've passed away. Yeah, some, sometimes when you're grieving, you're grieving for what you have lost. So you're grieving for the, the special relationship you had with that person. But then your relationship with that person becomes finite because they've Mm. passed away and I found that one of the things that 
came out for me in therapy and therapy has really helped me with grief. I wanted to mention that is that it's okay as well to grieve for the things that you perhaps didn't get. So, and it's not, you're not being selfish. It's mm-hmm. just that we all have these over idealizations in our heads of what a certain relationship should be. And yeah. when that person dies, if you were hoping for this or hoping for that, hoping for a resolution about this or a conversation about that or an acknowledgement about this, whatever it is, especially child parent relationships are so complicated, Yeah, you know, um, you may be grieving because that person wasn't able to give you that or, or didn't want to. And it's okay. It's okay yeah. to acknowledge that, you know, because nobody has a perfect relationship with their parent. Nobody. That is so yeah. rare. You know, I think it's important to, to like, to validate that and that's not to take away you're not trying to take anything away from how much you love that person it's just that none of us are perfect you know yeah i i mean i um yeah kind of pondering that with with dad really um I think I've yeah I don't think there's anything specific from from my side with with um with that I think it's it's just you know it really is kind of he should have had another 30 years I should have had another 30 years my kids should of have him. had yeah. 30 years yeah, of him yeah. you know um I think it's more that and kind of mourning you know talking about sort of the way that a relationship you know kind of has to stop and has to kind of stay at that point mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't think that there was, you know, unresolved for for me. Mm. I don't think there's un, unresolved stuff. Um, I think there's and that's also that's also fine. Like you know, there's no. Yeah. I'm not trying yeah, to yeah. impose oh, God, that I'm, on anyone. No, yeah. not at all. And I'm very grateful yeah. for that. I'm very grateful for the relationship I had with my dad and the fact that that that's what I have to to grieve is is not to just kind of, you know the the fact that he's he's died and he's not here anymore. Is is um is fairly uncomplicated i mean it's obviously huge and life-changing and horrendous and you know a lifetime's worth of work to to try and get your shit together with it but it's not a complicated um thing to unpack yeah he was great and he died you know um well that's enough on its own to to process isn't it i mean just yeah it's like huge yeah yeah, I mean, I think that there are there are things that um, I was speaking to um, to my therapist today, and we were kind of talking about um, sort of what had come up from recording the the podcast, um, the first podcast, just me the, uh, yesterday, um, and we were just kind of talking about where you know, Dad sort of he was given six months to live. He lasted four, and mm-hmm. um, he kind of had um neurological surgery very sort of early on sort of you know sort of was diagnosed rushed into hospital after he was uh, you know diagnosed in hospital then kind of transferred over to um a neurology um hospital because lung cancer brain tumors everything kind of in his sort of spine and his liver and all sorts of stuff um but because he had uh brain surgery quite early on he was fairly balmy um after that he wasn't quite the same um and looking and that, back that's on it, already a loss sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you that's yeah, already no, a loss no totally isn't it, it yeah that you're kind of huge uh yeah i mean kind of grieving someone as they're dying as they're kind of you know d- yeah. sort of deteriorating yeah. over a, a length of yeah. time but yeah. kind of when 
when that person has essentially kind of changed at the beginning of it because of a treatment um yeah. you know is is a is another you know another layer um but yeah we i just you know i just didn't talk to him about stuff i didn't kind of um you know sort of ask more about his dad i don't know that much about his side of the family mm -hmm. um but at the same time kind of looking back on it i don't know that he was enough of his original self to necessarily have given the answers and had the conversations that um in an ideal world 18 years later i'd love to have had yeah. um yeah, so that I mean, that's um, when when your folks were uh, were diagnosed, uh, did like I guess mum's kind of got a much longer period of time, yeah, but trajectory. Um, yeah, yeah, were they kind of the the same? I mean, were, you know, was your dad still your dad until the until the the day that he signed off? And actually, uh, I think much? yeah, yeah, no, they didn't really. I think that um, because it was a physical death if you like or physical yeah. degeneration in both cases um no that there, there was none of that I, I haven't had to go through seeing a relative with dementia I mean I very very old relatives right at the end of their lives mm -hmm. maybe but I haven't had a prolonged experience with that I know people who have uh I think that's probably extremely painful um and your situation relates a little bit to that mm. I think um hindsight this isn't meant to sound insensitive, but I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think that with maturity as well, and having perhaps reflecting on maybe in your case, you have your own children. I really wish I'd known that. I really, I, I can also relate to that a little bit. I think that definitely there are things I would have liked to have known about uh, mm. my father's family. There's still some members of the family around who I can ask uh, or things about my mother's childhood. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that, it's one of those ironic things, isn't it? Is that you learn after yeah. you lose somebody is like, what's really important? What? Why did I never think to ask that? But of course you don't think to because you're the child. Yeah, It doesn't really necessarily occur to you. No, you're not the ask. keeper of that information, are you? I mean, right. until that level of, of the family is gone. Um, I mean, I, I sat down with um, with my mum yesterday. Me and Days went and saw mum for, uh, for the day. And, you know, and I quizzed her about a load of stuff that, um, you know, gaps about dad's dad and his mum and various different bits and pieces um mm -hmm. also just you know kind of asked mum about um sort of what she did between art college and and me essentially um yeah. and i didn't realize I, kn I knew that she'd been um exhibited at the, at the royal academy twice which oh, is, you know, know, yeah, it was very cool. Um, you know, she was kind of so displayed and sold in, in yeah, her work was sort of sold in galleries all over the place, but she was um, being sold in, in Canada, which um, I knew nothing about. It was just like, what? Fucking hell, mum, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a big deal. And, and yeah, yeah. She, yeah, I mean, I think she became a mum and, and loved that and kind of... Um, essentially sort of stepped away from um you know from a a, a life as a as a fine artist because she liked being mum that's a big sacrifice yeah. i mean if uh, hesitate to use a word for sacrifice because it could have just been like that yeah. it was a choice but but still a big a big decision to do that to raise the family. yeah and i think it was kind of a choice i think that she could have if she wanted to kind of kept doing both 
Um, sure. But yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, I would say, dude, if you've got stuff that you don't know, ask somebody quick. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, just because, uh, yeah, you never know. It's a part of your history, isn't it? It's a part of your, yeah, it's a part of who you are. The previous generations have contributed to making you who you are and, and enabling you to do the things you do, hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Jem, um, my those of you who don't know my sister Gemma, she's the the middle one of the three of us. Um, she's done is quite a few years ago now. She did a, a family tree of um, my mum's side, but like going back, you know, generations and generations, and um, this kind of huge, huge kind of wonderful document and all these kind of these sort of awesome. yeah, you know, sort of finding out all this bizarre random stuff. Um, and with, I think she then started with dad's family and she literally got about two generations back from, uh, from dad. And it's like, you know, we don't know a bloody thing about, Have you thought, about them. But you know, you can do that online these days, right? I mean, yeah, I think that she did. I, I don't think there was an awful lot of information to be had really. Um, and yeah, both sure, my sure. folks are, were um, single, you know, uh, like only, only children. Yeah uh so you know there's there's not cousins and aunts and all the rest of it is you know both sides of the family are small yeah. um you know and we grew up with one set of grandparents and that was it so yeah not not an awful lot it's important i guess yeah. to have i mean i don't have children but i have um uh, my cousin has a little girl um so she's effectively my second cousin but she calls me auntie Fiona. we have sort yeah. of an auntie niece relationship we're very close <clears throat> And it makes you reflect, doesn't it, on um, on having those kind of, in your case, dad-lad conversations with Orson or dad-daughter mm. with, with Daisy and for me with Molly as well. Um, yeah, what what information to share and when and, and just making sure you've got that contact time so that they get enough of that uh, yeah. sense of where, where they come from and what family they, they're a part of, you know, in their history. Yeah, and Gr- Grandpa Barney's very much, a um, you know, alive in conversation with, Orson um you know there are a couple of pictures around he's got a um uh, a photo of grandpa Len in his bedroom um his great grandpa Len uh his middle so he's Orson Lenny George um Lenny being after both my granddad that I didn't know and Becky's um granddad died um shortly before Orson was born he was a Len um, and George is the uh, family middle name. I'm the only one without it. I keep meaning to deed poll it so that mm. I've I've got yeah. it in there too because Dad was was mm. a, a George Aldridge. Um, mm. Yeah, so you know, also knows what Dad died of, and he knows you know that that it was um, you know that he wasn't old. He knows kind of the age I was, and um, how he just kind mm. of just about missed charlie and sort of was a year and a half out from days um so yeah he i mean he's you know he's six and he it's uh it's it's there and yeah yeah i mean he's you know he kind of has moments of he'll he'll just kind of be a bit sad about the fact that he you know grandpa barney's not around and um yeah. i think he understands that becky's folks you know that that he has a pair of grandparents and then he has monkey nana on on the other side but not monkey nana and grandpa barney you know um so even 
you know his his age he kind of understands that there is a that there is a loss there that there is somebody missing and i think that children are very sensitive um and i mean this in a in a good way i think they're very sensitive to the emotions of their parents that they can sense if if something's very profoundly important to you i'm sure he'll pick up on that and yeah i think that's not a negative thing because it's it's his lineage but he picks up like when daddy talks about this this is important and this makes maybe makes daddy feel a little bit sad so that must mean that this guy was really important yeah. you know it's like i think children kind of maybe process things in that kind of way very unconsciously you know yeah so, and I, I mean i you know he knows because again we've kind of talked about it in the context of of me and him you know and and how, so that he sort of understands that it's it's kind of it's, yeah. it's the equivalent of me not it's being the same around relationship. For, for him yeah. Yeah. um and he does you know he does get that in in whatever way a, a, a you know, a pretty smart six-year-old is gonna is gonna process it. Um, He's a beautiful boy. I just have to congratulate you on all thanks, your man. Just he, you yeah. know, the, what can I say? I, I I make I've got a face like a slapped ass, but I make beautiful children. <laughs> um, you know, freshly slapped and very rosy red. <laughs> and needs shaving as well, actually. Um, but there we are. That's, a, that's like a freshly thing. slapped, unshaven. <laughs> um. Actually, I have a couple yeah. of questions for you, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, man, I was just kind of looking at the time. We're kind of getting into about yeah. an hour and a quarter, aren't we? So, uh, yeah, uh, far away if there's anything that, that you, you want to cover. I think that it might be nice, like, um, these are Luke's podcast, so I'm, again, whatever he wants to get out of this or however he wants to transmit this, I'm just sort of here for the ride. But I might just take the liberty of saying this if he doesn't mind. He's raising yeah. his eyebrows at me. Oh, that's a good face. I'm going to take a screenshot. <laughs> you laughing ahead of um, Yeah, that's cool. Um, I guess, like, we're not, like, our intention with this is not to offer advice. Like, that's not what we're really doing. No. But it's just, just sharing, share. sharing experience, isn't it? And, you know, and as we've said, and you've said, you know, everybody's, you know, I mean, the fact that, that a person is going to grieve different people that they lose in different ways is is huge. So, yeah. you know, you take 10 different people that lose, you know, they each lose their dad. It's all, even if it's the same different. relationship, you know, their, their relationships with their parents are going to be different. The, the stages in their lives that they lose them is going to be different. And, you know, what what you're doing at that age, whether you've got kids or you don't have kids or you're, you know, uh, you know, in education or whatever it is, you know, it's, yeah. there is no, there is no, no one, one way. way at all. No, to, or one to experience lose someone or to grieve them or to, um, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, the, it's just about the, the conversation, isn't it? And yeah. having that conversation and sharing experiences and hopefully, you know, it, it, it might be, interesting it might be useful it might be something that you know that somebody can take some comfort in um i mean my my intention with the first these first three podcasts i was very i was very um uh very intentionally had somebody that was on zoom and far you know far enough away for it to need to be a, a, a video call um nick is going to be in person uh he lives in trade news just sort of around the corner um, I wanted to have somebody that had lost um, somebody with some distance. So sort of a good sort of 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it was. And yeah. the other person to be sort of fairly, fairly kind of recent. I think Nick's, um, Nick lost his dad, I think in the last year and a half, two years. Okay. Um, sounds daft, but a female person and a male person. Oops. 
um, you know, and and also just sort of different jobs. You're, you know, you are and always have been very sort of creative brain. That's kind of what you do. Um, you, you know, Nick likes uh, music, plays guitar a bit, um, but he's a surveyor. That's that's his that's his job. You know, different different brain. Um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, and and again, just it all being how different people you know approach it and 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 are are kind of dealing with it on a on a daily basis really yeah so i think that's brilliant because um what we're doing here is we're two old friends and we're just talking about our life experiences and and Mm. sort of i guess we're sharing the the thought the reflection that that could be helpful and i think actually what i um wanted to ask you um and i think maybe we could sort of ask each other is what things have you found helpful? Uh, I hesitate to use the words like strategies or tools or activities, Mm. but what things have helped you grieve? Um, I mean, I suffer from depression and that's something that was triggered by, by dad's death very much. So I, I I feel like it was kind of always there. Um, And I think that was probably, it's probably the thing that, meant that I was slightly kind of darker of sense of humor uh than some of my friends uh potentially a little yeah right um sorry maybe slightly more warped a little more twisted than than, than some Realistic. others um, yeah totally and, and yeah, the, very... that was kind of the thing that was um that kind of triggered that and kind of pu- wrenched it kind of, you know, sort of kicking yeah. and screaming from yeah, yeah. somewhere down, you know, down inside me to it being the thing that essentially kind of, you know, was, was a, such a huge part of my life and was um, mm-hmm. kind of almost like a, like a companion that I, I was then kind of lumbered with. Um, I mean, I think that, it's really been my kind of depression, I think, that I've managed over the years. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rather yeah. than the grief, I mean, I I, th- I think that I got to a point where um, where I realised that it wasn't entirely losing dad that was fueling my depression, and that it it was kind of it was starting to kind of to be like a, this is losing dad up here and this is pain down here kind of 90 to 10 percent and right. sort of as some time went on they they started to even out until it was maybe right. kind of half and half it's and I think that I'm now at the point where it's more like um 90 percent pain arthritis mm-hmm. losing kind of my career physical health and 10 percent dad um because he's you know he's a part of my life that is there all the time you know I I think about him all the time um you know I've got a few bits and pieces of of his um like a uh I've got a fishing knife of his that I use all the time um which is really nice I I don't have I mean I you have I haven't taken you on the tour of my my arm this is all that must take forever Um, I mean it's like yeah, doing it's that like every day Mordor, is that with the incredible. with the sharpie. I know, um, <laughs> yeah. but those of you that can't see me talking to you, I, I have a, I have two 
tattoo sleeves. One is kind of Star Wars and and sort of childhood, and the other one is 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 Dad's illustrations and a load of his writing that that we found a notebook um, a f- only a few years ago actually. Um, that is lots of kind of random thoughts of his. Um, so that's kind of basically what all of this is. Awesome. Um, yeah, and it's lovely having you know having this kind of um, is very special and. I, you know, I, I, I love it. I love kind of having that sort of, um, that he's, he's physically there. Um, so I don't know, really. I mean, in terms of managing my mood, um, I am lucky that we have um, the room that I'm talking to you from is, is, uh, is my man cave. It's a converted garage. It's got an upstairs, which is kind of um, drum storage and um you know big telly and and all that kind of stuff um mandalorian helmets that sort of that sort of thing um a wall of nerf guns um (laughs) lightsabers galore um so becky's very understanding she gets it um i can take myself off for a to watch you know john wick for the hundredth time um of an evening if i'm feeling crap um i find that my medication the kind of combination of medication that i'm on um i i'm quite tired a lot of the time and again she's very good yeah. at just sort of you know Except going to have sleep going to have a kit for a yeah. couple of hours sure, sure. um so i think it's it's those those are, are kind of sleep and films alone sort of you know alone time me time going off to the cinema for for an evening whatever um but i think that i i think that my depression is probably what was was referred to as manic depression um you know in a sort of i've always got a project on the go and um and i'll chuck myself into a project and and it'll be um you know that'll be the the kind of the focus and if that's going well then that helps hugely i don't think it's necessarily very healthy i don't think it's what i would uh recommend particularly because you know if you've hit a uh you know a a kind of a a roadblock or something goes wrong or or you know it's totally blown out of the water by something or if it can't if it gets to a point and it can't move move forward feel like the world's ended yeah Yeah, of course yeah yeah you know your your mood is totally down the toilet again um but that's just kind of the way that i'm wired and dad was as well you know he was always 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 had a project um, you know, sort of making stuff and and photography and and illustrating Painting things. Yeah, always, yeah, um, all the time. And I think that that's something that I going back to sort of you know what what we didn't have the chance to to do, but I wouldn't have been able to at, at, at twenty six because it hadn't happened yet. And with my depression as now sort of having a pretty good handle on it, is I wish I could talk to him about it because he was a depressive um a hundred percent and was never um diagnosed you know he was he was never kind of given that sort of i don't know if label is the right word but you know there was never that understanding of um of kind of how he needed to to sort of manage his his moods um um yeah, um, so that's that's yeah. kind of that's that's a tricky one to reflect on. Just the the you know it would have been 
so good for both of us i think to be able to um you know to, to kind of yeah how about you yeah. what's, what's um what do you do is there i imagine you kind of you know yoga mat uh you know middle of a park um or punching kittens one or the other I was like, who's going to come out with the most dark metaphor first? <laughs> and you beat me to it. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're sitting there kind of just with a claw hammer and a load of snails. Yeah. Just um, I'll wait until this is finished so it doesn't make too much noise. But yeah, I've got a, a row of kittens lined up and then got some ducklings after that. Man, I, I fucking <laughs> no, knew it. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, well, first, thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, that's interesting. I think I have so many reflections on that. I think that artistic people, creative people, in inverted commas, I think all, all people are creative actually, but people who have maybe manifested that more in their lives, um, we tend to be more, um, use the word vulnerable necessarily, but inclined towards depression, you know, bipolar, mm. um, any of these things. Uh, but because our personalities are kind of working on that kind of up and down that comes with being creative, like yeah. it, you're working with your emotions a lot. So that's interesting. I think... Personally, um, talk therapy has helped me a lot. Right. Uh, that's helped me with a lot of things in my life, uh, including grief. Definitely friends. Uh, I found that having a really good network of friends mm. has helped me in enormously at all different stages in my life because I think sometimes with family, if, you, if we're talking about a family loss, um, it can be really, really difficult to talk to people in the family. It really depends. But yeah. firstly, they're, they're also suffering a loss. And secondly, if you need to talk about family things, it's all hung up in the same space. So that might not be the best person. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah, got their totally. experience and their their reflections and their whatever they feel. And it can be difficult. And, and also because um, things about things about like, the family structure and what role you each take in, in the family can, can flare up in those situations. So definitely I've said to a lot of my friends, especially since I've been out here for me, I consider my friends really to be my family. And I know that's mm. a bit of a cliche, but um, it's the family that you choose and you get to a certain age and they're the people that you, you call or you count on, you know? Yeah. So definitely friends. Um, I do a lot of sport, physical activity, it's difficult at the moment with COVID, but I have done martial arts. That helped me a lot when I developed joint problems. So now I tend to do swimming and, and cardio at the gym, non-impactive cardio. And one of the really huge things, and this is very personal for different people, uh, I'm definitely not trying to impose this on anybody, but I really, really think that it's really important to cry. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. But I think... Uh, I think that it's important also to acknowledge, and this is something I've learned from watching other people grieve. People cry when they're ready. You know, you can't force it. And yeah. some people want to do it in private. Some people want a shoulder to cry. And that's all okay. It's all yeah. okay. But just, God, if you need to cry and it's coming and you've, you've got to let it out, Jesus Christ, let it out. Because yeah. you're cleansing yourself. Like, you, it's just you're showing you're validating yourself and you're validating validating the importance of that person to you. And although it's painful and you might feel that kind of physical grief when mm. you cry and you might feel like the crying's never going to end, it will end eventually. And it's, it's just such an important part of the process. And I think, I think it's hard for people. Some people can become 
um, it can be, so what I'm looking for, like almost blocked, like they can't cry. They know they want to and they know they need to, but they can't. And I think that there's lots of things that can help in that situation. Like uh, sometimes people need rest. Sometimes they need physical exercise or they need the closeness of a friend or, or partner. Sometimes, I don't know if people listening believe in this stuff, but, you know, Reiki and healing and all those things can help release that. Mm. Acupuncture, any of those things. And so I think, I think self-care and caring for those around you, but firstly, self-care is like super important. And that means different things to different people. You have to find what works for you yeah. constructively as an individual. Yeah. I think the crying thing, as you, as you were speaking there, I was just kind of thinking that for me it is maybe the equivalent of the laughing when you're yeah. going through it is the crying is maybe the kind of, you know, is, is kind of the exactly the same sort of release. It's like the opposite side um, of the coin. Yeah. That it's same coin when they were here and when they're not. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I cry about dad still, you know, and, and have moments course. and, um, and no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that you, you have to really. Um, and it is an outlet. It is kind of a, you know, maybe a bit of a stereotype, but it's, yeah, I think it's definitely a kind of releasing that sort of pressure valve of, of things building up. Um, I think that and, you know, stamping on kittens. Yeah, or ducklings. Yeah. It depends which noise, which noise works better for you. <laughs> It's not loud enough. Try and try and one of each. On a, you know, a, a, a foot, a foot for kittens, a foot for ducklings. I don't know. Is it maybe if you like the variety? There's a Steve Reich uh, piece in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh well, you know, get on it, man. You just you can notate it. I'll. Um, yeah. Um, graphic score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I think so on that note, yeah. on that, you on know, that note. duckling stamping note, Fiona. Unless you've got anything. Any other words of wisdom or things you'd like to share? I think you know we've been bollocking on for an hour and a half. We? That's basically um, what we do whenever we whenever we talk, as we just yeah. I was thinking yeah. about about this today. When was when was it that I last saw you? When did when were you over? Because it's going to be. I mean, the fact you said twelve mm-hmm. years that you've been in Chile. I'm just fucking yeah. hell, twelve <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody's hair has gone grey. It's like That's insane. Mad. Oh, yeah, it is mad. I don't know where the time's gone. Yeah, the last time I was over, I believe, was in 2018. Right. But I don't okay. think we saw each other in 2018, but we did see each no, other. No, it was the one before that, wasn't it? Yeah, it went for a curry. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, it was a very good one. It's unlike us. It's curry. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So rare for us to go for curry. Um, so unusual. When was that then, if that wasn't 2018? Must have been 2014 then. Well, okay. I remember eating myself into a stupor on that trip. Like I just, just a, got yeah, it was just insane. Yeah, regular week so for me. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the last time. But yeah, when on those we say in Spanish, it's like always a good crack, you know, mm. to talk to you. And uh, yeah, man, likewise. No, it's uh, no, it's been nice. Um, and thank you for being, uh, for being guinea pig. You know, um, it'd be interesting to see what people make of these first three and you know and what what we have to you know if we can just kind of put them out really if um if there's anything sort of major that that's that's missing or or anything that needs adding or you know i don't know we shall see i mean they feel all right you know feel pretty good so far yeah Um, and i I would love to hear people's comments and feedback and if we got anything 
you know, wrong or if we upset anybody, that's certainly not the intention. Like, we do take it very seriously. No, you know, fuck them. Both three. <laughs> I am. A, I'm joking, of course. Fuck that guy, um, man. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Get your act together. <laughs> uh, no, we're all friends. Uh, we're all friends here. Yeah, we love you all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let well, us know. Yes. Let us know. Um, yeah. I, and I'll, you know, any feedback, I'll obviously send your way. But yes, thank you, Fee. Just for the for, for little um, say say cheerio. And, yeah, um, yeah. Thanks to you too. And um, keep in touch and just let me know when the hate mail comes and we'll sift through it. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's I'm I'm not opening it. I'm just forward forwarding to you. Forwarding it to me. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take it a while in to arrive. A big arrive. bag. Too chilly. Yeah. Yeah. Too, okay. Too Fiona. Chilly. Sort that out for you. Yeah, don't worry. Nice. Talk friendly for each other. <laughs> Love you, man. Take care. Yeah, you too. See you soon. Nice. Bye for now. So there we are, pod number two, done and dusted. Big thanks to Fiona. Like I say, it was really lovely to uh, to talk to her. And just have an excuse to hang out, really, and uh, and be silly. I hope that you uh, that it comes across. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of love between us, um, and a lot of um, yeah, sort of collected silliness. So thanks, Fiona. Lovely to talk to you. As always um, on podcasts, you'll be asked to like, subscribe, share, review, all that sort of stuff. If you've got a second, it would really help us out. Um, the more people do things like that then uh, the more people will be able to find us. Um, so if you are enjoying the podcast so far, do please suggest it to somebody, recommend it to someone, subscribe um, and leave a review. Please say nice stuff. You can find all our um, social medias at the website, thepuppabearchronicles.com. You can also find information on the podcast there. Pod number three coming soon. Uh, I'll be chatting to uh, to the lovely Nick Brown. This podcast has been recorded, edited, produced by me, Luke Aldridge, here at the Man Cave. Many thanks to Joe Auckland for the music, and this has been a Papa Bear Chronicles production. <laughs>